Welcome back to episode 56 of the Blockrunner podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I am your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman, and here are some of the topics we discussed today. First up, we give an update on our experience with the coronavirus and the market crash. Next, we argue whether or not we're seeing either the start of a recession or worse, a depression. Then we encourage developers to jump into Decentraland as the market develops for content via metazone.io. And finally, why no-loss sponsorship is a big deal for decentralized gaming. Alright, let's listen in. This is probably my last time ever doing a podcast, by the way, boys and girls. <laughs> you know, because apparently the fucking world is falling apart, so. Yeah, so we just got news that a bunch of bars and restaurants are sh- shutting down here in Texas. Yeah. And at least for the next 15 days, but. I mean. They're taking it, they're taking it bi-weekly cases. Yeah. I mean, but this to me signals like just the beginning. I mean, just yeah, because is, they shut down some bars and some clubs, like, oh, you think the coronavirus is going to give a shit yeah, about that? Dude, that's not stopping anything, man. It's unfortunate. Like, every time I drive around, I'm like in public, dude, there's like so much human activity, especially where yeah. we are, dude. We live in a city with like millions of people. Yeah. It's like already over, uh, like, overpopulated. I feel yeah, like. On top of that, we saw a bunch of pictures of Disneyland or Disney World. Mm-hmm. It was like packed. Yeah. Full of people. Well, that's the, that's the thing. I went out this weekend because I, I was like, this is probably like the last weekend. I'll probably yeah. be able to leave my house. I'm a, I'm thinking. So I was like, I, want, I just wanted to s- one last hoorah before shit really hits the fan, you know? Absolutely. And I noticed, like, dude, there's not this whole sh- social distancing shit that I hear so much about, like from the president and his task force, you know? <laughs> dude, nobody's listening to these guys, you know? Yeah, definitely not. So there's no way to police this. Literally, the only way you can is if... You do like some China shit. Like if you see people like not oh okay, martial law, yeah, exactly. That that was trending. Uh, I think it was earlier today or maybe yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah, but why? It, nah, it's just because like, somebody's named be- martial law. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but my point is, is like China approved. Um, by the way, this is gonna be just like a general podcast. We're just talking. We're just shooting the shit here. Yeah, but there's some really important like life events that we need to acknowledge <laughs> you know we like to talk about crypto and uh, decentraland a lot but we're gonna take a small break from that while we can and kind of acknowledge like you know the real world for a little bit yeah um damn where was that going though oh that china kind of proved you know i don't know how reliable their data is but yeah but they're communists they can do that that's my point so like they they they, they went the extreme route to take control of this problem? Well, they, they're they the only ones that could go the extreme route. Yeah. So I'm wondering, okay, unfortunately, the cat's out the bag now, and the rest of the world is going through the same thing that China did, but we don't have the same uh, governmental, you know, we're not going to let government just, like, swipe people off the street, like, if you're uh, breaking quarantine laws, or maybe we will. I don't know. I'm not sure how far the government's going to go with this. No, nah, they're, they're not going to go that, that level. It's what, gonna, so if they announce a quarantine, like... Uh, no, it's going to be a voluntary lockdown. Yeah, it's not going to work. That's not good enough. I don't know, man. I mean, it'll definitely slow things down, but there's going to be people who are just like, Yo. Companies are, are shutting down for two weeks at least. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be forced to stay home. I mean, that doesn't mean you have to stay home. Yeah. But, I mean, for the most part, I mean, where are you going to go? Like, if you can't go to a, a bar or you can't go to work, I mean, you just stay home, like, with family. Yeah, but there's people who are going to get, like, cabin fever, dude. They can't handle, like, the extroverts of the world. Yeah. They can't. Like, for me, I'm an introvert. So, dude, this is, like, a dream come true, dude. Like, I'm, just, I'm okay. <laughs> you're you're per- not an introvert. What do you mean? You're not an introvert. I'm totally an introvert. Well, no way, dude. Yes way, dude. I'm more introverted than you are. 
I'm way more introverted than you are. So maybe I'm just lazy then. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with just like being at home. Well, yeah, like not around people. Yeah. Same, yeah, no, I same. think, uh, yeah, like extroverts, they they need that human-to-human interaction. Dude, I'm, I could go to the woods and say, peace <laughs> out, world, dude. I'm fucking out, dude. I don't yeah. need people. Yeah. <laughs> as weird as that sounds, it's just my nature. Yeah. You know? I like people, but I do just fine on my own, dude. But anyways, <clears throat> yeah, man, this is getting crazy. And we're starting to notice it now. We just got word of one of our hosts. He's got to sell, uh, liquidate his assets, you know, his Decentraland yeah. assets, which is crazy. Yeah, his real-life job is, like, yeah, got yeah. shut down because of the virus. Yeah, so this is actually having some serious economic ramifications, and we're, we're actually starting to identify it now ourselves, Yeah, personally. Yeah, now yeah. that it's start, starting to reach Decentraland, yeah. now it's serious. So let's talk about Decentraland. There's actually some... Um, <clears throat> I said we weren't going to talk about it. We're already <laughs> talking about it. God damn it, dude. Yeah. We're so grifted. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no escaping it, though. Yeah, because there's some. There's a lot to talk about because well, Decentraland... We're, we're vested in it, so that's yeah. why. But yeah, and we... This is like our day-to-day conversation with the community. It's like, there's apparently... Uh, <clears throat> the community's pretty much in agreement that, like, there's an opportunity being missed on. Is it like with this coronavirus? Like, the new trend now is, like, uh, remote working mm-hmm. yeah which maybe you can explain that to me a little bit better because you have a lot more experience with that than me yeah so uh, anytime <laughs> that you have a meeting you take that meeting in on zoom and and that's how you can like conduct business yeah and the rest of the time you're pretty much have your own responsibility to get shit done so basically like like a job <laughs> which i haven't had like a traditional job in yeah. a while but like everything can just be emailed Basically, yeah. any kind of task or responsibility your job demands yeah. you to, to perform. It's either a phone call or an email. Or at worst, the Zoom, call. Yeah, like, Zoom call. You yeah. got to talk to the boss. Be like, yo, yeah. like, hit me up on Zoom. Yeah, pretty much. Dude, why the fuck haven't we been doing this? I don't know. That don't sounds know. so much. Well, okay. To me, it's more efficient. It's a, it's a lot more better. There's You do have to have, kind of depend on the responsibilities exactly. of your teammates. You can't micromanage. You can't micromanage. Uh, but but if, you if know it, who's not pulling the weight. Exactly. Like if their performance it. is slipping, you have the evidence. Yeah, it's like, you know, uh, here's a good example. Like uh, our Discord right now, it's usually on fire. And a lot of that time that's on fire is because people need stuff like on their metas and, and updates and changes and all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, like the the stuff starts to pile on. And like we got we got life to take care of, too. So it's like we know who's not like, you know, doing the work mm-hmm. for for the most part. But then like at night everybody like gets together and like finishes all up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's all about like remote work is essentially just get your shit done. Doesn't matter when you do it, just get it done. Yeah. Cause you know, there's other things to do, man. We got dentist appointments, we gotta pick people up from the airport, you got you know, you just can't avoid that stuff. Yeah. So I guess the big thing is that there's an opportunity. So there, <clears throat> there is a necessity for teams to interact with each other. Yeah. I guess it's it's perfectly fine. Like, yeah, we could all just hop on Zoom and just talk to each other. But there is an opportunity for to, <laughs> I guess, uh, simulate the reality in a virtual world, right? Like yeah. the, the meetings itself. Like people are actually meeting in a certain location. Let's say within Decentraland. There's tons of buildings. It's yeah. Available. It's different when you can meet with people like in the virtual world, like in Decentraland. Yeah. Have your like work meeting, but yeah. also like you know travel to Central Land and like together. So it's a little bit of, like group bonding. It's it's group way. bonding, but it's like engaged like conversations. Yeah, yeah, because you're you know, you're paying attention to to what people are saying when you're playing. So I, I think that's the opportunity. I think we're trying to we're identifying here. That yeah, 
being missed out by Decentraland. Yeah, and it seems like a lot of people had that in mind when they built all these conference centers and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, we were wondering way back in the day, like, what are all these, like, empty office buildings for? Right. And now we're, st- we, this could be a use case for that, you know? Yeah. But, but there's certain things missing while, you know, it's not really possible. For one, there's no in-game voice mm-hmm. yeah. capabilities, you know? And then the chat, once you start... <sighs> Chatting it up in the little chat section, uh-huh. like the whole world slows down. Oh yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I never but got that chatty yet in, in the no, world. No, you've seen it. You've seen it. Like uh-huh, once yeah. the chat like explodes, it slows down. But I think they've sort of fixed that to a certain extent. Yeah, but yeah, like like we've already identified in the past. Like we're super early, so unfortunately these things can't become a reality yet. But yeah. it seems like yeah, the community really wants some of this, or it's kind of like a marketing opportunity. I guess you're missing out on. Yeah, you know, or we're missing out on. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, and uh, you know another thing that happened on Discord on Decentraland's Discord was a conversation on. I, I'm I'm thinking that we're pointing the finger on Decentraland to fix some stuff, but I think a lot of that pointing should be right back at the individual person. Yeah, I mean, I asked him, I, I asked think, Fede uh, during the interview about that. Uh, basically, yeah, where does the responsibility lie at this point now that the DAO is launched? You know, is it is it 100 on Decentraland's team to deliver now, or is it, we is it up to the community to do take you know do their part kind of like we're we're doing our part yeah. for MetaZone but there's so much more missing like can can is there more opportunities out there for people to well I, I think a lot of people don't even know what we're doing I think for the most part I, I think we need to do a better job of marketing or something yeah. something that lets people know exactly what we're doing because there's there's still too many people who don't know what we're doing and even then you know I'm having to explain exactly what we're doing you know in, in the DMs yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that's something that we need to change, alter, modify, upgrade, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that at least that's one activity we can at least ponder as to how we can do this better. Yeah. And maybe we go into like development chat groups who are who are just devs in games, and we just talk about Decentraland. Mm. Maybe expanding that because people, uh, I don't think pe- a lot of people know that Decentraland exists either. Yeah, definitely not like regular. Dude, there's so much shit to do. Like, uh, yeah, there there's is. so many options for a dev, right? That's the thing. Uh, you have to educate them on, you know, why they should give a fuck about blockchain, first of all. Yeah. You know, how that enhances their dev experience, you know, what, what opportunities are at stake. Shit. And then once you get that, then you have to, you know, explain why, you know, give a damn about Decentraland. Yeah. Because there's multiple platforms out yeah, there. Yeah, right, right. <clears throat> yeah, so it's kind of like we're, we're, we're doing their job for them in a way. <laughs> but is yeah. that our responsibility? I, That's the thing. I don't know. I, I don't know if they need to go as far as understanding what MetaZone is. It's just a marketplace for them to sell their creations. I mean, I don't know how else to explain it other mm. than that. Yeah. It's like you build something, you can sell it on MetaZone, and MetaZone, MetaZone's responsibility is to make it easy for the landowner to deploy it. Right. In a few clicks, they, they got their creation. Yeah. Right. It's different than sending somebody your source code for your creation and having them deploy it when they, they don't even know how to do that stuff. So I I don't know. I that's yeah, that's I, where we're trying to figure out, like, how can we do this better? Yeah, I was trying I was I was thinking about this the other day. Like, why was there such a, a developer craze for ICOs when Ethereum was launched? And it's it's solely it's not it's solely because of the, the capability of like minting tokens, essentially. Well, you know? yeah, I would think. There's a layer below that that I think was the incentive mechanism of being able to, to make money by minting tokens. That's, that's what I'm basically what I'm getting at. Yeah. That's one thing that's pretty much missing from this platform. Exactly. The Decentraland platform. Yes. There is, that's, there's no obvious money-making exactly. uh, 
incentive dude layer, that's you know? that's all we talk about and the reason yeah. is not because we're money hungry yeah we it's got because, some of that too well, we heard some of that yeah, yeah it's not because of that it's more because of the incentive structure yeah right there's no devs well, are gonna just, just build yeah. things for fun and waste yeah. their time i mean there's gonna be some of that which is awesome great if you're if you're willing to dedicate yeah your if you time, if yeah. you got the resources to to build something without yeah. any payoff and you're totally happy with that's that. That's totally great. If, you can do that. Yeah. But the majority of the devs will not do that. It's true. It's just they won't happen. Yeah. But but like I said, there was a boom in developer activity on Ethereum because they they could they make money. Like holy shit! Like yeah. we can mint these tokens and we we create a utility for them yes. or, or we propose a utility for them. They really <laughs> a lot of them didn't create shit. That's right. But they came up with an idea for utility tokens yeah. and they the profit came from the selling of these. You know. Yeah. So that that's where we saw a boom. So like maybe there's some something something we can create like some kind of developer incentive where you know developers all of a sudden are like fuck we gotta build something on Decentraland. Yeah, yeah, I know where you're leading to, and I totally agree. <sighs> right, a way to um, create that farming mechanism. That what farming mechanism? Well, that's more for players. That's the incentive for players. Yeah, come. but if you bring the players, the devs come because well, that's what I that's what I postulate. Like, well, if, if we're gonna try and grow sure. this thing organically, then you want to attract like a an, like a population of well, of what do you want to call them? Like like uh, th- uh like returning players. So well, think uh, of it as like a, like a, during the gold rush in California. Yeah, California was like a barren nothing land. And then once <laughs> word got out that there was gold out there, yeah. The great my greatest migration in American history all of a sudden happened. Like fuck, dude, we got all got to go out there for the sole purpose of being able to mine gold. They were willing to. Yeah. A lot of them died just on the way over there, but they, the I, but the uh, the draw was so powerful that they were willing to do that. Yeah. So I mean, the then, opportunities weren't there yeah, anywhere else. So yeah, exactly. You could starve in the Midwest, or you could risk your neck and go to the yeah. far west coast and get some gold. Get rich as fuck. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, that's what sparked like a whole economy. It's, it's, it starts from that layer, from our from our historical perspective. Do we need to do something like this similar for a metaverse? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> you know? Maybe so. Because we're still at the end of the day, we're but, still humans, right? But here's the thing. Let's say we do do that, yeah. right? And we we put that gold in the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We still need to provide some some indicator that that gold is valuable. I agree. Right, just creating an NFT, just like the Central Line has been doing, pumping out. But it could literally be mythics. <laughs> it's not sustainable either, right? Yeah. So there's got to be some sort of value inherent into the gold that we're putting into the ground, so to speak. Uh, I mean, it, the formula is 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 well aware, dude. Like it's out there. Bitcoin used it. It's it's all about scarcity, a difficulty to obtain, and uh, well, yeah. That's, That's true. about it. As long but, as it's the scariest thing. But, it's, but if you're talking about gold, there there is some utility to gold. Yeah, but the people who first uncovered it, they didn't realize that. The, well, think the about gold it. Gold was literally only used for like jewelry and like status at the beginning. So then, what? Why? Why have gold be valuable at that time? Like, what was the value? Because in gold? it was difucult to get so just because it's it difficult dude. yeah that's, that's it. it and it looked fucking hot as shit <laughs> <laughs> that's as far as i know dude the only way you can find out is to go to a time no, machine and i'm go telling to, like, you no no, no no there what? was there was a built-in incentive to get gold somebody was buying gold and they're saying i will buy gold if you if you yeah. bring me gold i will buy it yeah it's like the jewelers basically that's what I, yeah so, so yeah, there was a use case for it. Yeah, that's the that's what I'm talking yeah. about. There's got to be a use case for the thing that we put in the ground. And that's the, the the use case of gold was yeah, you could create jewelry with it, and it would never tarnish over time. There's not many metals on earth that could and, do that. And jewelers were willing to pay yeah, you know, up to ask for it because basically. it's like yeah, there was a huge demand for this jewelry, but there's probably like a low supply, so they had the 
value of this gold would just skyrocket over time, right? Okay, so we need our jeweler, right? We yeah, need we I, need I agree hundred percent. But my thinking is you create this this resource, this digital scarce resource that and then you just you kinda let people discover it organically and then have them create a use case for it. Like we said, somebody Okay, so taking the approach of Vitalik, it's like I'm going to build this blockchain and I'm going to make smart contracts Mm -hmm. uh, as a foundational piece to this blockchain Mm -hmm. and then we'll see what happens. Like he didn't have a use case for... Yeah. Like what was his use case for a smart contract? (laughs) Well, general purpose. Like he he worked on like the name coin or I think it was called name coin. Uh, Some... uh, Name. I'm only gonna say Namecoin. Like yeah. he was working on that team. I think it was more specific. Like they had like 15 to 20 different like uh, smart contract applications for certain things. Like yeah. Domain name registration, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay. And then Vitalik, he was part of that team, and he proposed the idea of like let's let's create like a a general purpose language or something like this. So you know, we so, basically so that anybody could create their own use case, exactly, their own valid use case for the platform. Yeah, and I think like the team kind of like didn't. They weren't down with his idea, so he's like, fuck it, I'll just make Ethereum, you know? And yeah. that's how the whole thing was born. Damn. But, yeah, pretty cool, right? So, <laughs> I, I guess taking that strategy is if we make, you know, the Aura <laughs> NFTs, and I guess somebody will you just, take those you and... You just throw them out, man. And the people who are willing to invest in the infrastructure, meaning, like, who are the land hosts for the extraction of these digital scarce resources, they're taking the speculative risks that, like, any early gold adopter did, I guess. Uh, but I think I know what you're saying. You need to like prove that there's these these yeah, digital. Yeah, there, there, there's got to be somebody that says I want those NFTs. I yeah. will pay you for those NFTs. Well, like I said, dude, I mean scarcity to, and to uh, at least a certain extent. I mean, it doesn't have to be that direct. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's that's that's what's always been puzzling my mind, dude. It's like a it's a huge experimental thing, but. But is this enough? <laughs> is this enough? That's the real question. Like, well, is, it, is it enough to bring? No, I don't think so. It's enough to. I mean, it, it, I think for sure it will bring it will bring uh, user interest mm-hmm. if they know they can come to Decentraland, log in, and to earn those NFTs. <coughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Or will earn the money to farm those NFTs. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people they're just looking for ways to earn cryptocurrency. That's like a whole thing. How do you earn cryptocurrency? Yeah. You know? See, but that's tough. To, to earn cryptocurrency, you you have to be trading in your time for that crypto, and then somebody has to be paying you for that work to do something. Yeah. And then if, I mean, it's this whole, like, ladder, this whole, like, um, you know, house of cards. That's not a house of cards. What do you mean? I mean, in the sense that if you don't have, like, everything kind of built up, like, from the ground up, mm-hmm. there's no incentive to, to pay for these or NFTs if there's no functionality to them. And if there's no functionality... You won't have people to like do work to get those NFTs. Yeah. So it's like you have to build the whole thing out in order for it to work. Yeah, you got to prove a use case for it. <clears throat> and, and the reason we're talking about this is because we're trying to figure this out without funding, right? Without like like some uh, infusion of capital, which seems to uh, be difficult to obtain these days. Mm. For you know, obviously, pandemic and yeah, apocalypse. Yeah, yeah know, this shit couldn't have come at a worse time. <laughs> this coronavirus? Yeah. Yeah, like the market, the crypto market, the confidence in cryptocurrencies overall. Yeah, it's done. Is like at all time lows. For me personally, even. I mean, I, I mean, I, it's done for now. Yeah. It's, well, because <clears throat> I guess, yeah, let's jump into that discussion. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a few days ago, the whole cryptocurrency market, you know, tumbled more than like about 60% in one day. Yeah. The biggest drop off since Mt. Gox, essentially. Yeah. And that so, was the day that we had the interview with 
Oh, yeah, Federico. literally during that interview, dude, my mind was so like, it was in a swirl during that interview. <laughs> like, all I was thinking about, like, I was trying to, you know, pay attention to this man, but like, dude, all I was thinking about was like red sirens. Yeah. You know, doom. Like, yeah. I was, it was, I was a little kind of panicking, you know? Yeah. Because not only was crypto crashing, but the, uh, the equities market was crashing just as hard. Yeah. Which, again, hasn't happened this hard since. 2008. Uh, but now, yeah, today. Now, it's, now, it's, now, now we're approaching 1929. Now, no, no, we're past that. We're, yeah. we're approaching 1929 levels now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a 40% correction in a week or like a two, a week and a half or yeah. so. Like, good God, dude, this is insane. So, so you came in here uh, a few hours ago and you came in with like all this doom and gloom stuff. So let's go, let's rehash that one more time. <clears throat> doom and gloom, eh? So you came in and you were saying that. We have a 1929 depression. We're looking, we're facing a, a depression now at this well, point. Well, okay. Yeah, because this morning I, I like I had like a bad dream about all of this. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm very emotionally tied to like markets for some reason. The I don't Oracle. Know. Huh? The Oracle. Sure, you call me whatever I want, whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely, like, definitely predicted that Bitcoin top. This to me feels very eerily similar to a, a market top with like our, just our, our economy. Pull up that chart. Pull up an S&P 500 chart. Okay. Uh, I'll sh- I'll show you what I saw or what I looked at. It kind of like spooked me, and it just kind of like shifted my whole perspective of like what what the future could look like. You know, whenever things like whenever events like that happen, you kind of like start to reanalyze like what's important and like what to focus on, right? Right. Because things can get really sour. <laughs> yeah. So just go to the monthly chart of this. Turned off. So what is this? This is log. Yeah. This is this is not log. This okay. is like straight. Yeah, like straight data. Straight data. This is what you want to see. Okay. Dude, look how fucking crazy that looks. Okay. But, but make it go even further back. It's like to the 1800s, the very beginning. Yeah, so we go, it looks real dude, bubbly. what is up with all these pop-ups, dude? Look at this <laughs> shit. It's so they want your shekels, bro. What do you mean? <laughs> they want your loot. God. Okay, this is it. This is the chart that we're looking at right now. And if you want... Okay, okay, we're back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we found the fucking chart, finally. So... If, just if, if you have any experience with... Oh, look at that. So S&P 500 index, SPCFD. This is it. This is okay. what I was looking for. So, I mean, you could literally pull up the Bitcoin chart and put it side by side to this if you want, just for like so let me visual close, comparisons, I guess. Close all these useless okay. ones. But, I mean, you really don't need that if you have any kind of like market instincts. If you're looking at a chart that looks like that, I think your, your instincts would tell you to sell. But if we can go back, yeah, type, go to the weekly... The Bitcoin chart, and then just go to 2017, the top of the uh, last bubble cycle, pretty much. Okay. Like that? Well, smaller, so it kind of like matches the other chart. Oh, I see. Yeah. But like, yeah, yeah, fuck all this current shit. So this is still log. Here we go. There we go. That's the bubble I was looking for, right there. Stop it, right? No, you're going too far. Fuck all. Yeah, right there. Yeah. So this morning, okay, now if you could somehow put those two charts side by side. <clears throat> Damn, we need a Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> This is a lot of work for you. Okay. Dude, these pop-ups, man. Pretty, they're, pretty they're a lot of huh? fun. They're a lot of fun. I'll tell you what. Oh, yeah, dude. They should have a capture for each Ooh, one, dude. Like, <laughs> fucking solve a capture to, like, get rid of them. Get some money, dude. Yeah. All right. So, I mean. Jesus. We we get the picture, right? Do you, oh, do you? Okay, you tell me, man. What do you think when you see this? this, this uh, I see, I see, I see Doom, right? Why do you see Doom? What yeah, is, because look. What does this make you think of? Because this looks exactly like Bitcoin's run up to 20,000, right? But this yeah. took over, you know. This is literally like a chart of our entire modern economy. So it it's looks, like the inception of it since yeah. the 1800s. Since the 1800s, but we're looking yeah. at 
from the 80s, right around where we were born, roughly, yeah. give or yeah. take de- a decade. So that's pretty much when I came in. I was like telling you guys, like yeah. you know, our whole life, since we were born, our entire existence has literally been a bubble. Yeah. Like we were born at the beginning of an economic boom. Right. That the world has never seen. They probably never will see again. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming. I don't know. <laughs> so that's where like, uh, I mean, I'm not just saying that, dude. Just looking at the chart, it's pretty obvious. So Bitcoin just jumped a hundred bucks right now. Dude, fuck. But, who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Bitcoin. I still love you. <laughs> but I have way bigger concerns these days. So that's what I'm talking about. I have like yeah. a paradigm shift in my thinking now because this is way scarier than like a, a crypto crash. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people lost money in that. But dude, this is like our entire... This, this left chart represents our... The run-up of the 20K Bitcoin, but the, the 30 years of the, the market increase, the... Yeah, the run can, up. Yeah, you can call it like uh, since yeah, like you said, the mid nineteen eighties. Uh, I would say the market was growing at like a, an organic rate. I'm not exactly sure what happened in the nineteen eighties. I'm guessing it has a, uh, but I can tell you what happened in two thousand and eight. You know, yeah, why this market popped off and is so overextended to where I think we should have let in the two thousand eight era. We should have let the market correct naturally. You know, instead of creating these uh, new incentive models for people to start investing into markets with uh, lower rates and quantitative easing stuff like this yeah i mean it's obvious dude like we've never had a run-up for an 11 year time period so drastic as we have now so yeah why i'm worried about this is because if you you can literally trace out a correction pattern if this thing corrects if this uh, economy corrects anywhere near to how bitcoin did in 2017 yeah 2018 dude like we got 20 to 30 years of correction ahead of us you know yeah. and I, yeah because you're saying if it took 30 years for this to to pop off like this you know, we could see another twenty to thirty years of its of it correcting. Exactly, it's finding its actual true value. Uh, I mean, I'm not an economist. Obviously, I'm just literally a armchair speculating here. Yeah, <laughs> but all I could do is look at these two charts and you know, like draw comparisons and like. You well, know, just... I would ask you this: It's like, okay, we have this terrible downturn right now, mm-hmm. right? We lost what thirty percent of the market right here. A little more, but yeah. Like 40%. Yeah, let's call it 35. So this, obviously, this spike, this red candle, <laughs> these two, three red candles the last two, three weeks, um, it doesn't match any of the last downturns of the economy, right, right in 2008 and in 2000, right? So I would ask you, what is the difference? Why wouldn't it go down and then go right back up? Like, like right now? Yeah. Like, why, 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 why wouldn't it continue? Why wouldn't it go down? And then start its way back up. Well, I think the Fed was hoping to do that. They just announced they cut their exactly. interest rates to zero percent, near zero percent. And then they're they're dude. There's been so much ridiculous talk coming from the Treasury Secretary and the Fed, and like they're saying things like unlimited liquidity, which I've never <laughs> heard of in my life. Yeah, which basically means like endless supplies of helicopter cash to like yeah, any yeah. kind of business that needs it, right? Yeah, because of you know this this coronavirus is going to put such a damper on our economy that. There's going to be a lot of companies that go belly up. This isn't just like uh, in 2008 where we had to bail out the banks. Mm -hmm. Like now this is like every major corporation is taking like a huge ramming right now. Right, right. You know, so there's not enough money to go around, unfortunately. Yeah. So so the quantitative easing worked in 2008 because they only had to bail out one sector of the economy. Yeah. Uh, One or two sectors, right? The 
the the banks well i guess it's the same the banks and the housing yeah right it's the same basically thing. the banks you had to bail out yeah. the banks and you reinstill some confidence in the market with this yeah. whole quantitative easing thing and it and obviously worked for like the last 11 years they just kept this going yeah you know you like to say kicking the can down the road which is literally what they did yeah i think the fed knew like you know at some point this is all going to come to an end but that's what i was saying the reason why they did this is because, yeah, they needed to inverse the market, the sell-off pressure, in, in order to avoid a full-on depression. But now, in hindsight, it looks like it would have been better if we would have just, like, bit the bullet and, like, taken the pain because it would have been a lot easier to recover from. Yeah, there would have been a steadier growth, like, steady growth instead of this, like, hyperbolic, ah. you know, change. And now we have this monster facing us that's... Uh, <sighs> The, the 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 pain we're gonna feel from a correction now that the market is so overextended artificially by the way right this isn't organic growth in any way just like how the the price of Bitcoin in November yeah. December was not <laughs> organic this is all artificial it was all hype yeah you know and there's probably like exchange manipulation to go do with you know it was not artificial not organic growth mm-hmm. and the, trust me the people who invested in Bitcoin they felt every bit of that pain but now we're talking about our economy here so it's this is worldwide. Yes. This is a lot more scary. So, I mean, looking at these two charts, yeah, I don't see any any way the Fed can uh, create some kind of new scheme to reinstill confidence in the market to where we could just, you know, f- fight back against this downward pressure and just keep churning up to the moon. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, dude. No, definitely not. I think we hit that. We broke that point. I've been looking for that. If it was going to break below like 2,800 or 2,600, I th- that's pretty much my confirmation to me. Like, you know, the bubbles popped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. This like, is, it's only going to go down. Yeah. This is it. <laughs> this is, this is literally, I, I call it the end of capitalism. <laughs> you know, you know, it, we, we laugh. But it's yeah. not funny. But we it's laugh not. because this is completely predictable. Yeah, and like, it's, it seems obvious to us. I mean, we could be wrong, but I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm I wouldn't, already, I'm already, I wouldn't have bet. I, I wouldn't bet against you, dude. Yeah, I'm not buying calls. Yeah, no. <laughs> nobody's <laughs> buying calls in this market, dude. You, you can make a fortune just buying puts for the next ten years. Yeah, you know, just yeah. just bet against the market because this shit is going. In my mind, is going down. I'm not trying to freak anybody out, but dude, this is like this is this is things people need, need to need to know. You need to know and pay attention to. Yeah, if you're not in the stock market or you're not in crypto, yeah, this is not going to affect you. So. What do you mean it's not going to affect well, you? Well, I, I guess from a, from a direct <laughs> standpoint of the market, it's not going to affect you. But yeah, like if you don't have any money tied up in equities or yeah, when, or whatever. When companies start closing, exactly, people start losing their jobs. Yeah, there's no way to earn income, mm-hmm. no way to buy food. Then you, yeah. then everybody's affected. Yeah, this is gonna. It doesn't matter if you have a job or you stuff. You're making money. Like if if people can't feed themselves, like you got a problem. And that's what worries me most because yeah, we're, we live in a time where nobody on earth. Very few people on earth have lived through the last Great Depression. So there's nobody who can, like, tell us, like, what's coming ahead. Can we look at 1920s here? Oh, yeah. You can go all the way back, dude. It's some really shitty data points, but you could still see kind of... So th- I, I see I see a dot up here. Is this... this yeah. Oh, yeah. This dot right here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me see if I can zoom in, actually. See, we're looking at this dot right here. So it went from $30 or 30 points to to 4 Roughly, five, <laughs> roughly, five yeah. points. Yeah, in the span of what, like, in the span of a couple of years, a few years. Yeah, yeah, maybe five years. Well, the, the sell-off began in 1929. It, I mean, the Great Depression didn't end really until World War II. That's right. pretty much what brought us out of it. So, yeah. So we could, yeah, yeah. which is about right here. Mm-hmm. So we'll call it like a 10-year depression. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I'll, I, like I said, if you do it, do this at home. This is a little exercise. Little homework I'm giving to you viewers. Yeah, pull if, up the same chart. Yeah, if you're if you're listening, definitely watch 
watch this YouTube video mm-hmm. and and take a look at what we're what we're talking about here because I mean if you look at the two charts they they look pretty much the same as in terms of a bubble. Yeah, exactly. And when I saw this in Bitcoin, like the first sell off in December 2017, I literally pulled up this exact chart and I saw that needle drop off. And then I like I posted all my friends like a, a Google image of a bubble chart. Yeah, I was like. <laughs> What does this look like to you guys, man? The, like the bubbles popped and everyone was like, no, nah, man, it's, it's just temporary. It's a correction, you know? <laughs> so there's going to be a denial phase after this. It's not going to just go all the way down to zero from here. It's going to go back up. Yeah. It yeah. might it's probably go up for like a year or maybe, I don't know. But it's, this is normal in a bubble correction phase. It's called the return to normal. Right. People are going to, they're going to be in denial, be like, no, you know, everything's fine. Yeah. You know, the markets are good, but in re- in reality, like, this is just a bubble. It has, like, different phases to it, popping, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I- I'm seeing what you're seeing. Uh, maybe maybe some people won't agree, but, I, you know, it's it's going to happen. Yeah, so like, now, so what's the... Dis- so, yeah, go home, and then, like I said, look at this Bitcoin correction. Literally trace it with, like, a see-through, what do they call it, like, carbon paper or something? Yeah, one slap of the transparent it on, paper. Yeah, slap it on this S&P chart, and then you'll have your projected bottom. Yeah, and I pretty much did that this morning, and it it was like somewhere within the twenty to thirty year range. Is when we'll hit this bottom. So, so basically, what we're looking at here, the like bottom that, that was point. at three thousand. This took thirty years, essentially. Yeah, exactly. If you okay. draw it out on the S and P chart, dude. Okay, so then I I saw I saw that, and I started envisioning what a thirty year Great Depression would do to our lives. Yeah. So you know? so what did that look like? Fucking hell on earth, dude. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, what does that look like uh, from a practical standpoint? When you go outside, what does that mean? Uh, dude, I, I mean... Like less less, less uh, stores, no, I less mean, cars. Like Andrea said on our, on our podcast, dude, if, if the economy gets into that kind of state, that's what fuels depression. I mean, world wars. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's almost like you can't foresee what that world is going to be like. It's going to yeah. be... Yeah, it's going to be so bad, dude. It's so gonna, world wars on what? I mean, whenever there's uh, countries with economies so like their population is starving, well, what are people likely to do? They're likely to right. put pressure on their governments to do something about this, right? Yeah. And then what do governments do? They, they start battling amongst each other, controlling of resources or whatever to keep their populations happy. And then conflicts arise over scarce resources like oil, mm. water, you know, com- any kind of commodities out there. It's just... This is the perfect playground for right now. It's been peaceful because our economy is is doing great. But you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm speculating. It, man. it seems odd. I mean, because the difference between 1929 and 2020, which is roughly 90 years, um, you, we we have this new element into the mix called technology, mm. and I would think technology would help kind of reduce the scarcity in the products that we need. Right. So I think it won't be the same, but I, I think we have a, an added bullet in the chamber, if you will, with technology. So I think the, the sentiment will change, like the outlook will change because say, hey, we can actually pump out cars because we have the resources to pump out. Now, we don't have the money to do it, but we can actually pump them out anyway because mm. we have the, the actual material resources to do it. So I think there's going to be a little shift in like mentality, not to to avoid like a uh, 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 monetary pandemic, if you will. But on the end, what do you mean? By well, like, that, uh, what I mean is essentially like in 1929, like the world was what the world was, right? There, yeah. wasn't, there wasn't technology. There wasn't anything yeah. like that. But yeah. now we have technology that can solve a lot of the, the scarcity problems. If, if you're saying scarcity is going to cause world wars, well, we don't really have a scarcity problem, right? Unless you're talking about water. 
We're well, we don't have a scarcity problem right now because of our, you know, economic throughput is that all well, time highs. Well, but yeah, but yeah. our me- mechanic throughput as well. Like, well, we like could, automation we, or Yeah, what? automation, yeah. I mean, that that's supposed to solve all the problems of scarcity. Yeah, you would think. But I mean, I mean, if, if, if you're, you, if you're adding the element of money to automation, then yeah, it's a real problem mm-hmm. because you have to use money to, exactly. to make the engine go. Mm-hmm. But if we change our mentality, you don't really need money to make the engine go, right? You just need, you're, the you're need. not talking about changing mentality. You're talking about changing our entire economic economy. Yeah. Our yeah. whole structure of our economy. Well, that's, that's what we're looking at here. How are we going to have 30 years of yeah. like downturn right. without changing the mentality? You're a hundred percent right. Like, that's this, dude. Didn't I ask this question to Andreas and he, he kind of like blew us off a little bit Yeah, because he didn't want to scare the people, but this is exactly what I was talking right. about. Right. This, this, this 30 year depression that we're about to go through is, is so cataclysmic enough to create some serious paradigm shifts in the way yes. we, we, I totally agree. We do things and, as, as, as society. We, we've been know? talking about this for months. We, yeah, we knew have. that this potentially had to happen yeah. for people to change. That their was way. my big question. Yeah. It, is our cryptocurrencies going to be like naturally organically adopted? Kind of like how the internet was just the technology itself is going to sell itself. No. Or <laughs> does shit have to hit the fan like this in order for people to realize like, you know what, maybe there is a better monetary system. Yeah. You know, one, you know, the digital realm is is more provably secure, more fair, or whatever. Yeah. You know, let's do it. Like, and it's going to take being in a depressed economic state to where people are going to be willing to adopt this new technology. Yeah. Like oh, all of for a, sure. You know, all of a sudden, everyone's in the same boat. It's not just third world Venezuela. Yeah. The whole world is Venezuela. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. Now, yeah. I would have preferred a path where we didn't have like a systemic pandemic you know explode uh, of course, man everybody wants that but this is not the reality yeah dude. this is not reality this is just the this was set up we had no control over this this is like the game just got out of hand yeah you know the, the market makers they just you know they they i think they were well aware of what they were doing the whole time they were doing it they were just yeah like you said pushing the can down the road as long as they could and I, I, they'll probably get out the way like they always do dude yeah they're gonna yeah they're gonna print out as much money as they can they're gonna Pass it around to all these uh, big corporations, and then they're just going to step aside and let the let the people take the pain, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, know. I, I wonder what's what's the point where what we're talking about is actually true. <laughs> like, how do you know that this is has actually come to fruition? Well, we know what recessions look like. It's pretty much as soon as uh, companies start going bankrupt and then people start getting laid off. That's just like the beginning stages of this whole thing, you know? Mm-hmm. But like you said, the 2008, that's what was happening. So that was the beginning stages of what, what could have catapulted into like a, a, a second depression. But the Fed acted on that. And then they, they, like I said, they lowered the rates to pretty much identical grounds of where we are today. Mm-hmm. And they launched this whole, you know, stimulus package to get people to reinvest again and literally the market just inversed you know because of that Mm -hmm. the problem is they just announced yeah the exact same measures they took in 2008 like today and the market responded negatively to that they're down like the market's closed 13 percent today yeah it tripped the circuit breaker twice yeah oh it almost tripped the second one oh it almost yeah but we've already done we've tripped three circuit breakers in like less than two weeks yeah. If you don't want a circuit break, it just means like it's, there's three levels. There's 7%, 13%, and 20% breakers within the stock market to where like if, if the if the sell-off pressure is that high, it hits those thresholds, the trading is halted for 15 minutes. Yeah. But if you hit 20%, like they just shut down the whole market. <laughs> 
And this is to combat, like, you know, trading bots, I guess, from, like, triggering, like, flash crashes and stuff yeah. like that. It's something that happened in 1987. Yeah. You know, like, there's a huge flash crash. Which which happens all the time in crypto. <laughs> exactly. Because there's no breakers. No breakers. So, no, but, yeah, so the, this is a historic sell-off for sure. I've never seen this in my life. Well, I don't think anybody's not, seen this nobody's, in their life. Nobody's seen this. Yeah. Nobody yeah. alive has seen this. No. So, but yeah, like I said, the Fed is trying to repeat 2008 again. They're hoping to reinstill confidence into the market, but I don't think it's going to work this time. And now they have no more bullets left. Yeah. Now, the only thing they can do now is go in the negative interest territory, which, I mean, from what I've heard, is like, that's like our financial Armageddon. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, essentially, they're paying you to take loans. Yeah. That, that doesn't Like treasuries sound- become literally useless, you know? Yeah. If they're paying you to take loans, that means money is like, not as valuable as, you know, like it, it just doesn't hold that value anymore. And so like, you know, at that point, you know, why would you take, why would you take that loan if, if it's not that valuable? So I don't know. I don't want to go too deep into like actual, <laughs> yeah, it's the fiscal side of things. Cause yeah, we're not experts in that either. But like I said, all I could do is just, this is what I do, man. I just like look at things and I just, yeah, you know, make my own assessment whether or not I'm right, whatever. It right. doesn't really matter, but I've already started making necessary adjustments in my thinking. Like I said, I'm I'm building a chicken coop. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Literally building a chicken coop. Like I used to laugh at people who had chickens in their backyards. They're like, dude, what the hell? You can just go to the market and get a dozen eggs for a buck or something. Yeah. But, you know, now I foresee a time where that's not, potentially could not be an option. So I want to be prepared for that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, we got a, we got 30 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not like, like this is going to happen overnight, right? Yeah. But I don't know, man. It's just something everyone needs to be aware of, and I don't want to scare anybody. No, they're effectively scared. <laughs> you think? I think I think they're scared. Yeah, and then on top of this, we got coronavirus floating around. And sh- <laughs> well, this is the trigger, right? I mean, well, coronavirus like, started was, it. No, the coronavirus didn't start it. The Fed started this. Well, okay, yeah, the Fed started the, the prop up. Yeah, they the ones who created this monster, this overextension. But because coronavirus has effectively stopped all markets, yeah, like from operating. Yeah, like this is the needle basically. Yeah, yeah. this is where the needle that the bu- that we needed to pop this bubble. Like it's official, and like now I think like the Fed has like a a, a nice scapegoat. You know, they're gonna convince the general public that they did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, everything. The only it's reason true, the market man. is crashing is because of this big bad coronavirus. Nature fucked us. Yeah, <laughs> but in reality, it's. <laughs> You know, we we could have been fine. We could have handled this if the Fed wasn't, you know, over abusing their power, you know, to artificially pump these prices, you know, yeah, along the way. But now that like some real threat is here, some real economic threat is here, we have no tools to combat it. You know, yeah, yeah, we're already at bottom. So, <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's like okay, now that now that we know this information, you know, what can we do? Like make smarter decisions. Yeah, just, just like don't th- don't think like this. You know, your life is going to just continue to be this. If you're thinking awesome, about buying that five hundred thousand dollar house, yeah. like you're probably better off going with a two hundred thousand. Yeah, just house. just think about like practical things. Like take a practical approach to living from now on. Yeah, you know, be a little bit more frugal. You know, just imagine what life will be like when that loaf of bread that's normally a dollar is going to be five or six dollars. Yeah. Like, what's that going to do to your finances, right? Like, and then to think of, you know, during the Great Depression, 20 to 30 percent of the population was unemployed. Like, what would, what would you do if you had, didn't have a job? Yeah. You know, I, I, I like to tell people, focus on either learning a secondary trade skill yeah. that you could barter your skills with to earn money or food in the future or, or start preparing now to become like self-sustainable, you know, which it's true things like. Man, we've like been chickens. we've been talking about that for for decades now. Yeah, shit. 
Yeah. Things like, you know, have your own chicken coop, things like growing your own crops, maybe. Hydroponic facility. Whatever. Whatever it takes. Like, it's not crazy anymore to, you know, you call, you know, throughout time, we call these people preppers. And we laugh at them. We yeah. mock them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was mocked myself for, for preparing for this coronavirus. Like, we watched this on the podcast, dude, That's like true. a month ago, like when it was just in Wuhan. Yeah. <laughs> we were just watching it unfold and... Yeah, man, like we got properly scared, but the problem is nobody was knew yeah. like that shit was going down. Yeah, that's for sure. <clears throat> but now it's everywhere. There's no avoiding it. So yeah, you're not crazy if you prepare for that. Now you got a leg up because everyone's battling for toilet paper and shit. Yeah, it's true. You know. Yeah, I mean, I I'm always thinking practically. I'm not one to to yeah. like. Flex. Well, you're the optimist. Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> that too. I'm optimist, but that's because I'm not flexing on everybody with like assets and shit. So I mean, that's. It's it's a different mentality change ultimately. What just like trying to prepare for something like this, mm. and and uh, making sure you have like emergency funds to like cover things for the future. Yeah, I mean that's important. You you can't really depend on like the last thirty years of everything being euphoric. Like that's been our lives, man. The last thirty years has been the the point of this spike where see, it's the, euphoria but that's what's so crazy like you said something like he's like it didn't it doesn't it didn't feel like that euphoric to us yeah it didn't because we're like middle class folk dude well it's it's uh no what i'm saying is our existence our our environment was in euphoria yeah, well, right we, it, we didn't yeah. we thought that was the norm but yeah, yeah, yeah. but if we were alive in the 1920s yeah, yeah, we yeah. know what real depression would feel like true and we would have recognized that we're in this euphoric phase and taking advantage of it yeah but we were born in this euphoria it's true like we, we, we don't, don't know, know what an the, environment yeah. outside of euphoria looks it's like true. we don't know the other side to this coin basically yeah this dark side of the moon what it's gonna look like <laughs> and feel like but like you said you, we didn't it doesn't feel like the people who really felt the last 30 years of this euphoria were the institutional investors and stuff. Yeah. Because, like, you know, not, I'd say, like, 98% of the people who own these equities are institutional investors. Very small portion is actually, like, retail people. If anything, all they have is, like, their 401ks yeah. invested into the market. And those are about to go down the tubes. Right. You know? So those people, yeah, that's why there's such a huge wealth disparity gap in this country and you know most countries is because like the rich the reason why the rich get richer is because they have their wealth you know in these markets right so over the last 30 years they've just been riding this fucking mad train to the moon right while the rest of us are just trying to earn a living you know right right right. so the of course the wealth gap's going to just keep growing and growing and growing you know because the rest of us we're not yeah into this market we're not tied in this market and and after this like this this bubble has popped you know, once it continues like deflating, I think that wealth gap is gonna ex exceed. Like it, it's gonna accelerate just because those people at the top they knew this was gonna happen, man. Yeah, they probably have like the necessary uh, safeguards already. Like they know what to do. Yeah, they know you what know. to do. They knew this was gonna happen. Yeah, they're the and ones. They knew the a, ones. a global pandemic was probably on its way. I mean, like relatively since. I mean, it doesn't take long to like prepare. I mean, we had a month, right? We looked at that video a month ago. Yeah. And so if you speculated that that virus could go from China to like Japan and then Australia and then eventually the United States, mm -hmm. like it wouldn't take much to like prepare for a pandemic Yeah. from a financial sense. True. So, I mean. Just liquidate your assets, uh, you know, which is what they're doing. That's why there's such a huge sell off. Yeah. You know? that's right, right now, cash is king. That's exactly. Cash, exactly, dude. Yeah. Cash presents you. Um options now like when you hold cash now you have multiple but we were talking about this earlier even if you had cash 
with the uh, quantitative quantitative easing, easing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like don't you? Uh, that's essentially pumping money into the in the global like financial circulation, and so that that money that you're holding in your bank account, like it starts devaluing at a faster rate just because there's more money in existence. I think it's more like <clears throat> it's like the Fed investing in like treasuries and, st- and bonds and stuff like that. So. But eventually, the, it gets paid well, back, and like they're buying dead assets. That's yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, and so it's even if it gets paid back, like the 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 government's holding like these dead assets, mm-hmm. and so like it, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense, uh, like to to do that essentially, especially when you're basically the point of quantitative easing is to buy these dead assets, and if you're buying these dead assets. You're buying with brand new money that never existed before. Mm. That's why you. That's that's the point of quantitative easing. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're using brand new money, you're effectively diluting this the the value of the dollar itself. And so, at that point, like exiting to to fiat currency is actually a bad idea. It's not bad because not like I said, you have options to. to oh yeah, you, to, you, you to could actually respond convert. quickly. Yeah, yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, cash is much more versatile than any any other asset on this planet. You yeah, know? It's more it's liquid. Yeah. Now, now you could you could, you got cash on hand. Now you could respond to these swings. You could go be, in, go into other assets like Bitcoin and and gold. Like yeah, right now, gold. there's a huge sell off of precious metals, but that's not gonna last, dude. Like. It, it's it's there's a sell off because yeah people are rushing to cash right now but again there's going to be a phase where people are going to they're going to start thinking about the future like now what do I put my store my wealth into yeah but now bitcoin becomes a that's what we need to talk about is does bitcoin become a viable option or not well it has been for the last 100 years right bitcoin oh no sorry sorry i was oh, talking about gold, gold yeah. yeah gold well, so gold is obvious years. Yeah, yeah gold is the years. obvious one so but bitcoin that's that's going to be the true test yeah, a lot of people like right now the comp. I think there might be there might be a misunderstanding of how like Bitcoin was supposed to perform like in an actual safe haven for a safe haven uh, trial. Right. Because we see this even with precious metals, they're selling off too. You yeah. know, not as hard, but but that's because their market's a lot more stable than cryptocurrencies. Yeah. And they're a much more mature. Yeah. State. You know, mm-hmm. thousands of years of like history. Know, exactly. Yeah. Bitcoin's brand new. But regardless, the same sell-off pressure exists for both markets. Yeah, and we've talked about, man, we've compared Bitcoin and gold, like, pretty much nonstop in this podcast. Yeah. And we know, like, we pretty much know that Bitcoin has a digital version of gold, and it could be the thing that a lot of people shovel their cash into. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is what's needed in order to make Bitcoin a you know, worth a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Maybe something like this, like all cash in hand, all of a sudden goes into Bitcoin because it's equivalent to gold, but it's actually more scarce than gold because it's quantifiable. Mm. And we see Bitcoin maybe go past a hundred thousand dollars at this round. Well, it, it, yeah. And plus with quantitative easing, the, the value of dollar goes down, therefore Bitcoin goes up. But that's the problem. People were expecting like literally like a non- uh, part of the pitch of Bitcoin was the whole how it's non correlated to uh, well, that's true, but but, the, but again, I mean, we're looking at a five thousand dollar Bitcoin right now. Yeah, just a few years ago, the peak was at a thousand dollars. I agree, and so I mean, it's it's sort of doing its job now. If it's at a hundred dollars or three hundred dollars, then yeah, it's not doing its job. So yeah. I don't like. <clears throat> so I guess the true test is if if we're right and like this market. Uh, the, the the traditional market the equities is on like a multiple year correction path then yeah bitcoin if it follows suit and just keeps going down with it then this yeah. is 100% a failed experiment for sure <laughs> for sure 
I mean, we already knew this. Like, we knew this was going to be pivotal, pivotal times, especially this next up and coming happening. Dude, when's that? Like a month away or something? Two months? Yeah, in May. Jesus. Yeah, this is dude. Huge. Nothing's going to happen. It's going to have, and the price is not going to do anything, right? Yeah. Well, the sell-off pressure is already like way beyond what we were expecting. Yeah, for sure. You know, due to external circumstances, <laughs> but. <laughs> Regardless, it, like throughout all of history, post-happening is always this time where like the price starts picking up. Yeah, it it, it will pick up, but it yeah. just won't happen like within the. Yeah, it's not gonna like moon overnight. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's just totally fine. And we're watching it right now. It's it's going. It's got like nice little movement right now. What do you think is gonna happen to it? Well, in the short I think, term, I think uh, once once the happening happens, it it would be like nothing ever happened. Like no, like what do you think is gonna happen? Like in the next couple of weeks it, for Bitcoin. No, it's going to go gonna, down. It's going to keep going down? It's going to keep going down, yeah. You think so? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because right now the support is at near roughly $4,000. Can, can you move the chart over a little bit? I want to see what, what it looks like today. What? Which one? The Bitcoin chart. Like, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. dude. That is so ugly. <laughs> so oh so this is where we're at right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so right here we're hovering uh, the support level at 5000 roughly. And I'm thinking it's going to settle back down to in the 4000 range. Just like retest that bottom. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, we're looking at. I I never thought we'd see a four thousand dollar Bitcoin again, but we saw it once a few days ago. Yeah. Pretty I mean, we saw it just a few minutes ago. Actually, it was at four thousand nine hundred, something like that. Well, yeah. Whenever the flash cash was going down, though, it got as low as like thirty eight hundred, right? That's right. Couldn't fucking believe it, dude. Yeah. Like, I, I woke up. I woke up that morning. I, I thought there was a glitch on my phone. <laughs> yeah. I, looked, I mean, I was, I was like, like, no way, dude. It was insane. It was like everything was down like. 35 or 40 percent when i woke up yeah i was like this can't be right i've never seen this in my life yeah you know and then we did the interview and then it just kept on going <laughs> like it just kept on selling yeah it's unreal so yeah that's that's what got me thinking like is this mount this is mount gox too in the sense that there's never been such a loss such a loss in confidence in bitcoin since mount gox Right. Back then, due to the exchange collapse, I guess, right? Right. And then today, due to the collapse in uh, equities, I guess. I don't know. What are you doing? Drawing some meme lines? Yep. All right. What do you think is going to happen Oh, now? I want to show you this. So let me turn on the log. And let me turn all this off here. Turn this back on. Ew. This is that moon moon math chart, right? Yep. Nobody said it had to stick 100% within these bands, right? No. <laughs> That's not no, necessarily a rule. I mean, this No, is, but this is a global pandemic here. So, exactly. I mean, you kind of understand yeah but that doesn't matter to ta right like no it doesn't but look, you look, couldn't have predicted that with ta for sure but look there's some stuff underneath the band it's true previously that's a good point yeah wow ah, this we're, yeah, we're so, fine yeah <laughs> we're chilling everything's good hopefully <laughs> we'll see i just don't under, i don't i don't see like we're i don't know i don't know we'll see yeah <laughs> you know this is just our chance to talk about all this stuff because like i said we're normally focused on uh the central land and whatnot but yeah <clears throat> no more doom and gloom, dude. Let's talk about something happy. So, okay. So we've talked about the markets. We talked about coronavirus. Uh, we haven't talked about Corona zombies. Damn, what a time <laughs> to plug that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, we have it, man. But if you if you're aware and you're on our Discord, like it's 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 out there. The information's out there. Yeah. You know? So we thought we thought it would be prudent. To unleash an outbreak onto Centraland, and that's why we came up with the idea of yeah. Corona Zombies. Yeah, we've been spitballing hella ideas, but ultimately it's up to Oscar Korv, the developer, yeah. like how he wants to make this game. 
Yeah, we man, we got plenty of ideas of how to do this. Like in terms of, we have phase one pretty much like the gameplay for phase one done. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a, a, a zombie shooter mm-hmm. and survival, and that's it. It's a very basic, straightforward game. See, initially, I thought we were gonna do like some type of tower defense type game style, where like you're in the middle. And you're literally like a turret gunner, and then zombies are coming at you. You just got you know. Bow, that would bow. that would. I don't know if that would be easier. Probably it wouldn't be easier. What would be easier is if you were holding a gun and you're you're mobile within that. No, I mean parcel. I, I like that way better. Yeah, yeah. So if we could pull that off, it's an action shooter, dude. Yeah, it'll be the yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, you can't get any better than that. I think. Yeah. So that's, we'll see. But that, we also had another idea of, of, of incorporating, or Lastrum brought up this idea, <clears throat> kind of like a global element to it. Where That's, um, that's what I was going to head into next. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, go for it. So it was essentially, we have the phase one being an action shooter, right? And your your objective is to essentially kill as many zombies as you can, get the most points, most kills. Mm, take out your corona angers. Right. Exactly. And then, and then the same pot mechanics. So the highest points, you know, leaders, all that stuff, all that would be incorporated in the game. So it'd be like, if you get like, like hit multiple, like you probably have like three lives. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. You can only get hit like three times. So that's how you lose. Yeah. That's how you lose. So it's it's a game of like survival and it's, 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 there's a lot of, um, finesse. Yes. That's my kind of game, dude. Yeah. I yeah, love yeah. finesse. A Twitch game. shooter. Yeah. Yeah. So uh so then we have variations of this game, um, certain evolutions, if you will, mm-hmm. where it's gonna be a sort of a global pandemic mm. that gets out that, you know, there's an outbreak within Decentraland and you have like some RPG elements associated to this. Mm-hmm. And so maybe like a, a boss zombie gets spawned at a random parcel, a participating parcel. Yeah, exactly. A host um yeah. has to host this host uh, this. this zombie spawning ground yeah which most likely literally just it, we don't want it to take up too much space it's literally it'd probably be like a tombstone, a tombstone on your, right? somewhere on your parcel maybe like a, a fourth of it or something yeah. maybe even less than that. i don't know yeah and people walking by they see these tombstones throughout the central and they should know like this is where the zombie could potentially spawn that's right so so we got to figure out a way for to where the hosts are properly compensated for you know hosting this part of the game on their parcel because it's not like it's not like it's a constant source of revenue it's like a rare random spawn right yeah we'll have to figure out the incentives too but yeah. I think the gameplay will be there I think the gameplay oh, the will gameplay be there sounds great yeah yeah and and like we can randomize it to a point where the community has to figure <laughs> out where the spawn is and we just don't say anything. Oh hell no! Yeah, it's exactly. And if you're like a hunter, yeah. a, a zombie hunter, you don't want to tell anybody because we want these things to drop. You know, potentially like NFTs. Yeah, that will benefit you your your, your Dude, gameplay. We can actually go pretty crazy with this. Imagine, I agree. imagine that uh, this this boss zombie gets spawned at a random location within Decentraland, mm-hmm. and somebody finds it right, and then they go announce it at you know on their Discord. And we have several players spawn in the same location to, sh- to shoot the zombie. Our yeah. our server that's running this game can detect how many players are actually shooting at it, and the the healthy the collective health of the zombie. Yeah, it's uh, just like an M- like an actual exactly. world boss, like an MMO. So you're as a player, your incentive is to let as many people know that there's a there's yeah because you boss can't you zombie. can't kill it yourself exactly it's you too, can't too difficult to kill right. by on your own. And so so that at that point maybe you know with this collective group. We have some sort of rewards for that for that group. <laughs> well, the way they did it in WoW is literally like, you know, there's <clears throat> it's a group of 10 or whatever it took to kill the boss, but there's only like two items that drop. You yeah. guys just like, <laughs> we got to roll for that shit. So the you game know? actually rolls it for you, right? So well, whatever just, drops for you, that's what you get. It's not well, like a free-for-all. 
there's different like loot systems you can apply. You, if the group leader can either choose free for all, which is like, oh. you don't want to do that yeah. because someone's someone's always going to ninja the loot and just peace out. Yeah. <laughs> or you, what you want to do is like group loot. So like whenever the whoever loots the uh, the items or the drop, everyone gets displayed the same items, and then there's like a, a roll button. Oh really? Yeah. So then everybody rolls for it. Whoever gets the highest roll okay. gets the item. Huh. <clears throat> Ultimately, that's probably going to be left up to like a. The the group whoever yeah. people forming the group they'll probably like have to discuss amongst themselves like all right we kill this thing how are we gonna just split up divvy up the loot yeah but see that's a problem man you can, that is a problem but see like if somebody is like a ninja you know so blacklist that motherfucker dude like sh- shoot that all over uh, Discord so everyone knows he's a he's a thief yeah you know but there there's got to be a better way though we'll have yeah, to we'll have to figure yeah. like maybe the services the 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 guy who hits it the most ends up getting the loot. Nah, you can't do that. What the fuck, dude? What about all the people who help? Everybody, well, everybody has the same opportunity to like damage the zombie. So why not? Hmm. So it's almost it, like a little mini competition in itself. Yeah, yeah. It's like a little. I mean, a, hell yeah, a little tournament. Like yeah. who, who? But then again, there's then you remove the incentive to allow to let others know that there's a zombie there. Yeah. So You're that, like that, that, that might choice. not work. Yeah. I think we should just no like an MMO model like if. It, I would, yeah, it's just uh, that would have you very rare. I, I was thinking more like it's just one individual zombie spawning, like anybody could kill it on their own. Yeah, yeah, you know, you could. You could but do it that I way. like that though, like, but that's like a super rare spawn. Yeah, you know, and it draws multiple items. And, and maybe the, the the participants of this like super rare zombie, um, they just get all a random roll of who gets the loot, and that's it. Yeah, could just do that too. exactly. Yeah, because yeah, you, like, you have an incentive to go and shoot it, and mm-hmm. the players have an incentive to go bring in people because otherwise you, nobody will get the loot. Yeah, right. You can't kill it. Yeah, so just randomize it. Yeah, I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, anybody then, who like impacted the, the the creature like that, those are basically the players of the random roll. Exactly. And so, and then whoever hosts that zombie can can put up additional like prizes. I mean, sure. yeah, yeah, we can go even further with that. Why not? Yeah, but dude, that sounds fucking awesome. Because uh, like, yeah, it, but, but imagine if, you, if these items are actually impactful in your your gameplay performance. I think that'd be even better. Yeah, that's true. Like then, if, if you fucking find like a gat like a rare Gatling gun off of this rolled boss, yeah. so then you could just go in the. Like, but then you're like piss everyone off. So yeah, like, you would like, piss everybody off. Hey, but but dude, but he fucking but he put in the work, man. But, like yeah, I guess. It's like yeah. a, an actual character progression, right? Then it's like, yeah. dude, I just want to keep hunting more zombies so I can get more cool guns and yeah. get better at this game, you know, top the leaderboards, et cetera, et cetera. See, that would make sense for an RPG. I mean, that's that's what we're doing here. Yeah. That sounds so cool, dude. You see, God, I hope we man, can do that. dude. What's that? We need resources, dude. So, how, how are we going to continue making this cool stuff if if we're like it's true. Yeah, handling so, so on far, the street? So far, yeah. what we did is we, we you know, we pre sell we did a pre-sale for this game. Yeah. And I think we sold six of them, which is like yeah. a total of, I don't know, probably like four or five grand or something worth of mana. If that. Well, especially now because mana is halved. <laughs> <laughs> the halving has already happened. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, the idea is, you know, Corv was hoping to raise enough funds for him to dedicate enough, you know, developer time for this. Yeah. Because this is not like a small project. This is like a big one. Yeah, yeah. If we wanted to make it as 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 good as we want it to be, you know, he could. Yeah, just man, we could make so many cool things. It's just we we don't have the resources. Yeah, like as you know, we we, we talked about five hundred fifty thousand mana. Yeah, like, but that's that's not enough. I mean, 
It's just not enough to like sustain like development. Yeah, and that's a big question. Like right now, people are getting restless in the Decentraland Discord. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I imagine. I mean, fuck it. I'll, I'll, I'll say some names. Too sad to tell. The, the owner of the Sugar Club. Yeah, he is starting to get. He's starting to feel the pain, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because his his uh revenue model is literally like it's it's the uh. What's what's that system called? The honor system? I don't know. Like donations, basically. Donations. Yeah. He's he's not charging per entry like like most cl- nightclubs do. That's how they it's make true. their money. They have a door fee. Yeah. And they make their money off their liquor. Now, obviously, there's no liquor in like yeah. Central Land, so he, he could charge a door fee. But he's already seeing like low traffic numbers without a door fee. Right. And so he's like, you know, he can't go on anymore, basically. Yeah. Which is a shame because I actually I'm a big fan of his Sugar Club. I think like experiences like that are essential to the social aspect of uh this metaverse yeah you know but yeah yeah it's not sustainable dude it's not i mean we really have to think about like the sustainability of any creation because if you're a dev and you're you're spending your time on something and it's not getting the traction because the incentives are not there like that's a problem right you you have to think about what you're what you're building if you're a dev and you're building an experience that takes 25 parcels, that's a problem. <laughs> Nobody's going to buy a 25-parcel game. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because nobody has 25 parcels to put it on. Mm. And, I mean, that's 25 parcels is like $20,000. Mm. Uh, maybe it's like $10,000 with the halvening. With the <laughs> yeah. But nonetheless, it's uh, that if you're a dev, <clears throat> do not build a 25-parcel experience. Nobody is going to use it, deploy it, anything with it. Yeah, only do that if you literally are <clears throat> contacted by the landowner himself, yeah. and he's like, "And I want to, I want a unique experience. Exactly. I don't care if I make any money." I then just, you, then you have all the leverage in the world if you're like, "Okay, yeah, like, yeah, I'll do this for you at this price." You know. Yes. Otherwise, you have fun sitting on your twenty-five parcels. Yeah. Know, deploy some builder shit there if you want. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I guess I miss, have a misunderstanding. I don't know if people do not see this because it's to me it's intuitive. Like I don't understand why anyone would build anything that takes more than four parcels. Mm. Like I, I I do not see the incentive to do that because I know that people with more than four parcel estates they're either not on Discord or they're just sitting on their land because they hope that Decentraland just by itself just creates value out of thin air. Um, so I uh, I don't know. To me, this this was obvious. I, this was obviously going to happen, mm. and that's why when we build stuff, when uh, when uh, we, we have these competitions, and we were going up against parcels that are twenty five parcels large, and we had our submission of a one by one parcel replayable game, and we did it for a reason because we knew that a twenty five parcel estate with a game on it wasn't going to do anything. Mm. I mean, preach on, will preach on. To me, like <laughs> this is this is the most obvious thing that was going to happen. Yeah. And what's frustrating is like well, people, you're not people don't one, see that. You're not the only one frustrated either. That's what I'm saying. The frustration is starting to show, you know, across yeah. the board. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Even in our own Discord, like we had our, but our it, days. But it seems the frustration is there. I mean, it's it's you can you can taste it, you can smell it in the air, mm-hmm. right? You know that it's there, right? Yeah. But the things that people are talking about are not the right things to be talking about. Mm. Like it, it's they're missing the point. The, and the point is, 
you have to think sustainable. You have to think money. You have to think about the developers building anything. And you yeah. have to also make it attractive for the one-by-one one parcels who are in Discord yeah. trying to figure things out and and to help those people out. They, they need things to deploy. They know that the builder isn't good enough. Yeah. And the, on top of that, the builder, I, I just don't, I can't see it. I can't see an iteration, an update, a, a an evolution of the builder that is going to be worth the time to 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 build it. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I just don't see it. Um, like, well, dude, like you said, okay, just... yeah, 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 dude, calm down, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> y'all don't want you to have an aneurysm yeah. live on the podcast, dude. <laughs> Got to edit this shit. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you said it yourself, dude. We need funding, and you know, it's not easy to get funding. Especially like in this kind of climate, but from our, our podcast, we realize, you know, something that's like we said is understated is the value of the DAO itself and how it operates and stuff. So they, I think that's going to be our only hope yeah, yeah. in the future. Like if we're, we're going to propose anything, we got to propose then, it to this DAO. I mean, even then, like right now, 220 million mana sounds like a lot. It's, it's not that much money. I mean, it is a lot if you're the only one contributing to Decentraland, that's for sure. Yeah. No, but, but for sure, we're going to propose this thing that we brought up to Feta, you know, on the interview. This this no-loss opportunity that, you know, we want to propose. Hell yeah, dude. There's no loss. See, I, I don't see a lot of people talking about it. I, I don't. Maybe we're the only ones who think that's a good idea. Who the hell else thought of it? What do you mean? Like, nobody else could do that. No, they can't do that. Because they don't have, like, but a... what I'm saying is, like, I don't see people thinking that that's a good idea. A no-loss sponsorship. It's not out there yet. Like so, it was the, we just thought of it like before that podcast, and then we proposed it to Fede. Well, the idea is out there. Let's pull it together. Well, yeah, but not for Decentraland. No, not for Decentraland. That's not, that's you know what? I, I think uh, part of this is like having the good ideas, but the ability to execute is like where the real yeah, like yeah, yeah. webos are. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think we just got to do it. We just got to prove that it's the right way to do it. Well, just for like sure, I think it'll be good for the community as a whole because I, I don't. I like what the fuck's going on with this DAO, dude. Like during that interview, yeah. I heard so much about the DAO, but I don't, I've never seen it actually in action, except for, you know, except for Agora. But that's yeah. that's a different scheme. Yeah, we need to actually the community needs to see like uh, from beginning to end, like from proposal to execution to yeah to proof of you know I don't know yeah like the benefit of allocating like the community funds to a certain yeah and and we were having a conversation that you keep bringing up with the wearables that it should be a free market and i think a lot of people agree with you it's there's no reason why it shouldn't be it it shouldn't be because right now the the free market any developer can build anything on decentraland Mm -hmm. so it's a free market Mm -hmm. right well it should be the same for wearables Agreed. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of people agree with you on that. And that's another thing. Yeah, so we need to. Uh, I guess it's again. This is another baton. We're probably potentially going to have to pick up and like organize things for everybody. Yeah. Meaning, like we have like a pretty good uh, idea of what the consensus is on a, a few issues. So I don't know. We're going to have to do the research, I guess, to figure out how to get the community to start voting on these things, right? Yeah. And just yeah, I, I think that's probably one of the first votes that will happen is the wearables uh, free market idea. Yeah. yeah. That's how we could like test the, the whole system, see how it works. Because ultimately, man, if, if somebody, somebody starts copying your wearables, the community has to do DYOR, do your own research on the wearables and buy the right ones. Yeah, we should get... Um, we told... We, we, Dennis, he joined our Discord a few weeks back. He's the creator of Dapcraft, right? Yeah, that's right. We should. Uh, we said we were going to schedule an interview with him, but we were busy. But now I guess we have an opportunity to. Yeah, I mean, we got to bring in Toxic Sam uh, yeah. for a Polygonal Mind. We got to bring in the hosts, uh, Dennis. Oh, yeah, that's right. We want to do a host roundtable. Yeah. So all you hosts watching this, man, like we're going to do that too. 
It's just fuck, man. I don't know how bad this pandemic's going to screw things up. Well, I mean, I guess people are going to have time. It's actually. I'll just do it from my house, I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, if it gets I, to that I, I really don't think they're going to shut down like the highways and shit. <laughs> I doubt it, dude. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, dude? This is going full Wuhan, dude. No, like, it, no, it is not, dude. Yes, this that, is that. That would take martial law, and and no, dude, it's, there's no, it's there's, not going to There's happen. no other way to stop this thing, man. Quarantine, it's, bro. That's the only way to do it. It's self quarantine. Meaning you decide to stay in. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think we'll, we'll allow like you telling you, me they're gonna see your truck or your car driving down the street and they're gonna wave you down and say you're not supposed to be. Yeah. Like, fucking just like pull me off the grid, <laughs> a fucking magnet like yeah. pull me off the road. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, that's not gonna happen, dude. It can't happen. Yeah, you're right. It's just, only China could do shit like that. <laughs> like yeah, just make people disappear. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, we we watched that video where they just like abducted people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that only in China that could happen. Yeah, and you can't do shit about it. You can't like yeah, challenge you, them. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, or else you're you're next. Yeah, fuck that. But that's why I think like this this virus is a bigger problem than we were anticipating because yeah, oh, yeah. China China stopped the spread. Exactly. Because of that. It could but be the, it could be way worse because we be, can't do that because we can't do that. That's right. Exactly. I mean, I think they're the only country where they're seeing a lot less cases, like yeah, because they literally stopped it in its tracks because of that. That's like, right. They forced everyone to stay in their fucking houses for a month. Yeah, maybe even longer than that. Yeah. They just let the people who the people see, who die let them die. See, I'm not know. a biologist. I don't know what happens when, uh, let's say, everybody segregates to their own little house for six weeks. But the virus is still out there somehow, right? That's what I said. So I don't right now. Yeah, the 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 the, the growth rate is tapered, but you, you you're now you're releasing everyone back into the wild. Yeah, there's no way it's like zero virus. Exactly, out there. it's just gonna kickstart. And yeah, re- yeah, exactly. Re- re-spread all over again. So it's gonna be interesting when China gets back on the grid. Yeah, and they see you know we see how many cases like start. Yeah, developing. if we start if we start to see that thing go up again. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, yeah, it's, it's yeah. coming again. Dude, that's dude, that's a big problem if it goes up. It, it will. I'm almost certain of it. I think this coronavirus thing is just, it's here for, to stay for the rest of our lives. Probably, it's just, yeah. It's just a new seasonal flu, you know? <laughs> it's just another <laughs> layer of disease to avoid. Yeah. We're, that's what I'm saying. We're going to have, we're gonna have like, TSA-like changes to our society, meaning, like, TSA oh, yeah. was a response to, nine, like, terrorism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now all we have to deal with, like, you now, know. Now we have to, like, register our vaccine, not vaccinations, but our, uh, all our flu shots. Like, Shit that's, like that. that's going to be required. Shit like that. And, like, we're just going to be so much more health conscious now and so much more, like, like, there's, like, they, they, they scan your forehead, like, in China if you're going into a supermarket to make sure you don't have a <laughs> fever. It's going to be like that. Like, see, but that's, see, I don't understand that. Because Dude, you it's just it's just preventative measures. Just yeah, like if you're sick, yeah, get, but you can't come in here. Yeah, but you're infected even though you're not showing any symptoms. Yeah, I know, but and you're still, spreading it without showing any. But symptoms. if you don't have it, but you're more likely to spread it if you're over there, <laughs> <laughs> like hacking all over people and shit. Right? If you're if you're not showing symptoms, you're you're just like briskly breathing. You know, <laughs> it's not that bad. But if you're sick, you're over there like yeah, spreading it. everything. You know, yeah. yeah. So you, there's going to be like more policing of that. I'm going to burn that mic, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's starting to get a little funk to it, dude. I want like <laughs> hot breath. <laughs> but I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. There's no way we're just going to like forget about this. For you sure. Know, especially if coronavirus just ends up being like part of everyday life. Yeah, we'll adapt to it, dude. We're fucking humans, man. That's what we do. Yeah. God damn it. It's going to be a notch <laughs> in our belt. Like our exactly. genetic, genetic belt. Yep, yep, yep. But uh, Damn. <clears throat> How, well, long, how long have we been going? Hour and a half. 
Okay. Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, see, we tried to talk about something happy. We went right back to glue, doom and gloom, dude. Uh, God hey, damn it. That's the reality, dude. <laughs> it's true. I mean, we, we try to talk about Decentraland. That's doom and gloom right there. I know, dude. What the fuck? Corona, Corona's, uh, like, uh, virus, doom and gloom, markets tanking. Yeah, there's nothing. Man. There's nothing good happening, man. Shit. Shit. There's got to be something. Even MetaZone, as good as things are going, like, we need more help, man. <laughs> like, we need, like, community help. Yeah, we need uh, creators. We need people like understanding like what they should be creating. We, we got don't some need... cool. St- I, I, that's okay. That's cool. We I've seen a little bit of like I I could feel the creator energy starting to slowly build. Like there's a guy building a claw machine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's fucking sick. Yeah, it is badass. Should we? Sh- can we show? Uh, I'm not gonna. Yeah, we can't do that. Well, well no, we're... not not yet. Like yeah, that's his stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got creators actually building. Yeah, m- like unique metas. That fit on a one by one. Yeah, imagine dude. that. I mean, I'll just describe it. It's literally like those claw machines. If you go to any like arcade, and yeah. you go, it's like a box where they have like stuffed animals or whatever. Yeah, basketballs, and there's a claw that you know you operate, and it can just pick shit up. Yeah, or mo- most of the time it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. kind of like that's the, the point. That's the game, right? It's yeah. supposed to be difficult, so you just keep on trying and trying and trying until you actually get like that perfect grip. Yeah, and then. So he's literally replicating that for Decentraland, and it looks awesome. Hell yeah. I'm just curious, like, what he's going to actually put in the box. I think it's going to be up to, like, if you own that. I think it should be, like, cubes. and then, I do, too. And then the cube that you get is, like, a random roll of exactly some, something. Yeah, if you manage to grab a cube. But then it's kind of like you want to target, like, the cool shit. Like, when, you know. That's true. Maybe it's, like, Maybe a cube, it's like with, a cube like a with, like, a kitty or something. No, there's cubes with different RNG uh, probabilities. Yeah, but it's like what, like one cube has like the face of a crypto kitty. So you know, if you pick up this cube, it'll give you a random crypto kitty. Then another cube will have like uh, what else is out there? Yeah, but it has the to gods be, unchained. It has to be sustainable though. You can't always right. like win something because then well, the yeah, landowner is always losing. But the point is to make it extremely difficult, like you know, with the claw aspect. So you just there's people playing and they're not getting shit. Yeah. It's yeah. just coding that is very difficult. Hey, don't talk to me, man. Talk to him. <laughs> he seems gung ho. No, I'm saying like you He's can code. Very, obviously, a talented you know developer. You can code it to where you're always picking up something, or you can code it to where it randomly decides the thing that it's hovering over. It's going to pick up. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know when you used to play uh, basketball uh, games like on the PlayStation and Xbox. And then somebody randomly gets injured, like rolls an ankle, and like they have to like get out of the game. Yeah, like that RNG. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, ultimately, it's up to him how he decides to roll it out. But he's we've had conversations with him about these exact things, and he's yeah. he's well aware of like yeah, there's there's different the ways to do it. So <laughs> yeah, either way, like this is exactly what we're talking about when we need creators to come up with like cool shit, man. Yeah, dude, somebody should should create duck you hunt. Ma- like. Duck yeah, hunt. imagine a 3D well, one by one. We're kind of doing that with the zombies. Oh, kind of, yeah, kind of. But duck hunt, man. Yeah, yeah, if you do duck hunt. But see, this is all like there's people out there who, with large land, and they had to. So there's a market now being where people are creating like these mini games, arcade style games. They're gonna populate their whole land with all this shit. Hell yeah! And it, well, like, because on well, top yeah. of that, they were gonna populate it because they can make some kind of revenue from it. Yeah, and it's just gonna be cool whenever, like, because you're you're a landowner with lots of land, so you have more opportunity to host these games. You literally have like a big ass arcade. Yeah, with like. Now I mean, we're not talking about like arcade games where you interface a little box and yeah, there's nah, like a little nah, screen nah. on it. No, nah, definitely. We're talking nah. about actual like how VR video game or video VR arcade games are supposed to feel like. Like yeah. you actually feel like you're in the game. Yeah. You know? 
which is cool like well. Beat Saber is an arcade style game, mm-hmm. right? But it's not an arcade game. Exactly. So those are the kind of experiences we need to create on a one by one. Totally. Be- buy one by one because it has the largest market potential. Yeah, totally. Agreed. But I guess that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's a little bit of uh, hopium. Yeah. <laughs> what, else? <laughs> what else can we hope about? Uh, I don't know, dude. We got fucking Tom Hanks diagnosed. Hey, but what are you going to do when Bitcoin's like at 3000 again? Is that a buy or is that like waited out? 3000 Yeah, 3000 <laughs> Fuck yeah, that's a buy, dude. Hell yeah, right? There's some hopium there, right? If it goes down, it's just buy, right? Yeah, we just keep buying until we're dead broke, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but like this, yeah, yeah, this is the final test for Bitcoin, dude. The final countdown. Yeah, like, dude, this fucking model, man. Hey, this, but what happened, dude? What happens when the stock markets keep going down and that's then what Bitcoin s- slowly goes up? Oh, well, then yeah, then it's performing. Yeah, then it's performing then how it should, right? Yeah, exactly. If, if it's if if gold starts doing that and Bitcoin is doing that too, yeah, yeah. then we got some confirmation, and yeah. then you're gonna see like some panic, panic rush buy. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh shit, it is a store of value. Like, I need to hop in, dude. You know? Dude, that's what's gonna fuel the hundred and twenty thousand dollar Bitcoin. Could. You're right. That's okay. that's the thing. It could be it. It's yeah. like an actual it's escape. Like a prophecy. It's an actual escape. From yeah. the traditional equities yeah. markets, like into Bitcoin. Yeah, it's a prophecy, dude. What's a prophecy? The fact that everyone's predicting it to be like a plus $100,000 Bitcoin, like within a couple of years. Yeah. And like, this is it. This is why. That would be wild as fuck, actually. It but would dude, be. that's actually like a, a legitimate reason for it to happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For sure. But then We've once been, it hits 120, you, you hit the sell button as quickly as you possibly can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, this is not investment advice. This is <laughs> purely for entertainment. Exactly. You're just armchair analyzing here. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I guess that's it. Yeah, that's know, it. Man. That's it. <clears throat> we could go on. Yeah, but like I said, we yeah we can go on. We can go on, but uh, I think we've had enough negativity. Yeah, and if you yeah if you guys are you know Discord members, just keep chilling in the Discord. It's been a little cluttered with like yeah just doom talk lately. Yeah. Mostly yeah. just people, because this is like a huge global event, and everyone's impacted by it. And it's actually kind of cool to hear everyone's experience with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a lot global. of dudes, a lot of people from Europe, like they f- are feeling the brunt of it way harder than us. Yeah, and they're letting us know that, and it's it's pretty cool. Like we can actually interact with people around the world and like share our experiences, right? Right, right. Like we got people telling us like they got bars closing in New York and shit. Yeah. So, but yeah, keep chilling, keep hanging out. Um, yeah, we're gonna be here for a little while, it seems. Yeah, we actually got Interac our. Our badass host. He's hosting a tournament here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not sure the 22nd or the 20th. I think it's the 20th through the 22nd. Yeah, and dude, like the prizes are already piling up. We're yeah. contributing too. We're gonna contribute yep. some mana and some. I think NFTs. we're gonna tease and like and a meta too. I'm gonna contribute a meta, yeah. a meta. Yeah, yeah. One of our uh, creators uh, made a house, a Genesis building, and I'm gonna throw that into the pot. So. Yeah. There's going to be a lot at stake, so hopefully we can all, you know, do some Decentraland gaming to take our minds off of all this shit. Yeah. Do you, I mean, we're already all, like, hunkered down. Like, why the fuck not? Yeah. Let's make this a big thing, you know? Hell as, yeah. As, as big as we can get it. That's sort of the point of Decentraland, like a place to hang <laughs> escape. out. Yeah, an escape, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's what we should call it, like, you know. Decentrascape. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right, dude. That's the whole point, man. We're, it's supposed to be a world where we can escape from our problems. Like, that's what we want it to be. It's like a, it's just, we escape to a world with its own problems. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it, Will. <laughs> I was trying so hard to, like, reverse the sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> you tried, though. I did try. But yeah. All right. All right, guys. So uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at The Block Runner and uh, hop in our Discord. 
And, and I guess we'll have more shit coming up. Like yeah. I said, host roundtable on the books. Yeah, I think uh, everybody likes our interviews, so we're probably going to try yeah. to do more of those. Want to get more people from Decentraland, other projects, get their opinion on things, how yeah. things are going, <laughs> what they want, what their desires are. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, Keep doing our thing. All right, guys. Appreciate it. And we'll see you next week. Yeah, stay safe. Thank you for listening to the Blockrunner podcast. Make sure you visit our website, theblockrunner.com, and sign up to stay up to date on the latest in crypto. Also, reach out to us on Twitter at theblockrunner. <laughs>